talking about alliance on your device of choice. Hirsch and Ari are here for you to make sense of it all so you don't have to. Talking about alliance on your device of choice. Talking about alliance on your device of choice. Wow. Welcome back, everyone, to another exciting edition of Talking About Alliance. Uh, I'm Ari, joined as always by Hearst as we recap Alliance High Seas. Hello, Hearst, and welcome. Good evening, Ari. How are you today? I'm doing good. Just got back from an exciting tribal council. Uh, also exciting is our guest on this episode. We have another summit alumni who has joined us here in VIP as a dig tier member it is goose welcome in goose thank you for having me i'm excited to talk about alliance good to see you goose good to see you too hirsch have you been enjoying things on this side how, how did you get into alliance and orgs in general i don't know if i have that story um yeah so i first found it on reddit actually and alliance was the first one that I found. And through that, I was able to, I just like completely went down the rabbit hole. I applied to Alliance, um, got in on my first try, which might've been a little bit of a mistake because I didn't know exactly what I was getting myself into. And I think that sort of, that sort of was demonstrated by my game in Alliance, but, um, Alliance was really the catalyst for me getting into a bunch of different other orgs. And so I've, I mean, I've only been playing since December, so I'm still fairly new to the scene, but Alliance is definitely like the first one that, I, that really got me into it. So you ended up playing like a, a season before you applied for Alliance first because of the delay, you ended up playing another season before you played Alliance. Yeah, so what happened was the first Alliance was the first org that I played in, or the first one that I applied to, I should say. Um, I played on I played in one on Instagram, but I got pre-gamed out super quickly. So I was just done with Instagram. Um, but after applying to Alliance, I applied for another org, Survivor. Um, and then that one started right. before Alliance. And actually, interestingly enough, I also played that game with Banjo and Jessica, and she ended up winning. But um, and you, so you, I, two were, you and Jessica were on tr multiple tribes together at the same time. If I we remember, right? we were allies, we were allies in Survivor when she voted me out in Alliance. <laughs> um, although, granted, I had been voted out like the day before um, because. Alliance started like halfway through Survivor. So I got seventh place in my season. And then the next day I was voted out of Alliance. So not a you great been, 24 hours. You had been active in HQ before that. And now I remember. Yes, I had been active in HQ. Uh, so how, how are you enjoying being on this side of things and getting to spectate and not have the added pressure? Although you had some of that last season with the post merge yeah it was real it's really fun to spectate last season because i was such an early boot 
I was able after a while to just be able to watch and enjoy the season. And it was a really fun season to watch. And this season, <coughs> while I unfortunately haven't been able to be as active in here as I would hope, um, it's still really fun to watch. It's still really fun to see, you know, everyone's mindset and everyone's viewpoints on each other and to see the game from an outside perspective. And also just being a part of the lounge is such a treat because you're able to just like listen to everyone railing on everyone else. And it's just so much fun. <laughs> it's certainly it's not true. a lot of places like it. Yeah. <laughs> I would say the Alliance Lounge is definitely very unique in the org community and how much shit they give their players, but all from a place of love. It's really fun to watch. It's really yeah, fun to be a part of. Well, not all from a place of love, but like mostly from a place of love. Say, I don't know if it's all love. <laughs> That's perhaps being a bit generous to us, but mm -hmm. I appreciate the sentiment. Love and is the combination you'll find love and frustration right we're not well, you know, mad the, we're disappointed the opposite of love is is not hate it's apathy so if we were apathetic yeah. to the players that would be bad so mm -hmm. um you know take that for what you will at least we're feeling something exactly well so uh i guess getting into the recap um the, so we last talked on Sunday, which was before the Zach vote. Um, but I, I feel like there's not a ton to talk about with that from the game perspective. And other besides, you know, everyone kind of got tired at the same time of Zach really just overdoing it as it kept growing and growing. Um, what I kind of did was interesting. Go ahead, Hirsch. I was just saying his uh, his cell date was his cell date was expired i mean it was it was time and, and and for much of the same reasons we had discussed here on the on the pod it's just uh, people were sick of it and it was time to go yeah i mean i'll fully say it i had zach as my second boot on my boot list i'm every single day that he made it farther in the game i was genuinely genuinely surprised that he wasn't getting voted out like I, I'm, I'm still surprised he even managed to make it this far. I think that's, I don't know if I should consider that incredibly impressive on his side or confusing on behalf of everyone else in the game that, have, that has played with him. Cause it was just insane. The number of lies that he was just spinning, just that were completely absurd. It, and it just, Eventually, people thankfully were starting to figure out that things weren't adding up. But the fact that he was just lying for the sake of lying, just to cause seemingly just to cause chaos, I'm genuinely surprised he managed to make it to eighth place. I, no. Yeah, I think he got uh, some of that was it being a bit lucky, only going to tribal council twice pre-merge, um, and both point. times with a target that hadn't DM'd anyone, uh, and then you know by the time of the merge everyone was just willing to kind of look past him, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, but so what I did kind of want to ask about was, so Goose, you were in Red Pandorg. I think that was shortly after Summit concluded, um, yep. along with Zach, who played in that season as a returning. Um, and I kind of wanted to know your perspective, seeing him there, what that was like, and then you know, how, how different was that from 
this season. Yeah, well, not only was I able to see him play, I was on the same tribe with him throughout the swap. So I was on the same tribe as him the entire time that he was in the game. And a lot of the stuff that he demonstrated there was also demonstrated in Alliance. He was a very chaotic player. He ended up with an OTTN edgic. Um, and it, he was just, he was completely off the walls. It was very interesting to be a part of. And eventually, unsurprisingly, what led to his elimination was his own antics. I mean, it was at a joint tribal. Um, it was two tribes at four, which was just really weird season organizing so two tribes of four it was the tribal council of eight and from what i heard he immediately went to the other tribe and just started shit talking everyone and so it ended up being pretty easy for them to convince someone to flip but yeah it, it was he, a lot of his same antics that he showed in alliance were also shown in red pandora Except the difference was that he did go to tribal council early in the game, and there weren't people at that tribal who were inactive. So the guillotine ultimately fell on him. Not to much surprise. Was it the same like level of toxicity, or was it just sort yes. of an over the top? Yeah, I, uh, what, he wasn't what I was really curious about. he wasn't really toxic to me personally. Um, Although, granted, he wasn't really... I don't know how many people he was toxic directly to their face, but th there was definitely the same amount of shenanigans, the same amount of, you know, just causing chaos for the sake of causing chaos, almost. Um, and so it was, it, was, it was not really a surprise. And also part of the fact that he was voted out there was because he would have been third boot and he was third boot in his previous season, so they kind of also just did it for the memes, which I don't really blame them for. <laughs> uh, Wonderful. So anything else sort of to add on that whole round before we move on? Uh, I, I said from the beginning, I've said for a while that, you know, getting him out of the game would have been like a big reset. And I do think it was because I think it, uh, it just allowed everybody to clear the air and refocus on other people without that, without that lingering cloud in the air that was, that was Zach. So I think it was the, you know, there's some people in the lounge who felt it was a terrible game move for a bunch of people. I disagree. Um, and uh, I was glad to see him go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, on, in that regard, if you if they kept him around and if you made it to Final Travel Council, I don't think there's any way Zach was going to win the game. I think with his level of antics throughout the game, no one was going to want to vote for him. So in that sense, it was a bad strategic move. But there's also the other sense of you, if you're going to make it far in this game, you want to play with people that you can at least get along with and that don't annoy the shit out of you. And I think a lot of people had gotten to the point where he wasn't someone that they wanted to play with. He was just annoying the shit out of them. So 
like what you guys were saying. People just got tired of it. And I think that that is a perfectly valid game move. And I, I don't I don't knock anyone for it. No. Hell no. Yeah. Well, there's, def- there's also, I think, even the strategic aspect of that even if you have someone who's not a threat to win, if you don't know, you know, if they're a loose cannon, they might turn against you at any point. You definitely yeah. aren't going to be sure of where they're voting. Uh, I mean, that's still dangerous, even if they're not a threat to win at the end. There's, they can be threats in other ways. Yeah, and I think Zach is the very definition of a loose cannon, especially the way that you played here. Agreed. Um. Uh-huh. Okay, so uh, moving on from that, that takes us to the fishing challenge. Uh, this was one of my favorite ones to test, not least because, humble brag, I got the win in the testing round a time of about five minutes. Yeah, you, you, uh, can't, you can't see it because it's just, a just podcast, that- but Hirsch is rolling his eyes tremendously right now. I just, felt, I just feel like the viewers need context when it comes to this challenge. They need to know that Ari is good at this challenge, okay? It's a very important fact. Well, the reason I bring that up... Wait, the re- the did only you know, reason I bring did you know that, that up... Ari wants to be fiber? Oh, he, he, did, he did well in this challenge? <laughs> yes. The only reason I bring that up is that uh, the times from the players were a bit below that. Um, so... Uh, the winner, Crystal, is going to get se- – or RDT wins with 7 minutes, 31 seconds. And I think you know, not knowing everything going in, a res- it's definitely a respectable time. And I think everyone put in a pretty solid time. Um, some people struggle with different aspects of it. But uh, it was definitely fun to watch and see how things were shaking out throughout the day who might end up taking the win. And everyone, I think, stumbled a little bit in different mm-hmm. aspects. No one, I think, played it perfectly. Yeah, I think this challenge specifically was, for this group of people, was like tailor-made for RDT to win because we, we've all seen the tremendous amount of command hunting he's been doing all season. He's the only person that's managed to find an advantage. And so the fact that it's a primarily command hunting challenge and the person who's done the most command hunting wins the challenge. Not at all surprised. So I think that this was like a, definitely a challenge that RDT was going to excel in. I was, I was thinking Crystal was also going to be someone who was going to put up a really good time. And she ended up getting second place, like I said, because she's also did a lot of command hunting. So this is really, you know, like rewarding those people who are putting in the time to look around the channels yeah. and it's not at all a surprise that RDT won this challenge. I think this was very well deserved. I thought Sully might do better, but did not. Sully continued his, uh, his run of disappointing performances in, uh, in challenges. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, and Dano as well, Dano had been touted as a challenge threat and, and, and he did pretty poorly as well. So it's uh yeah. Dano and Sully both, by the way, finishing with the time with times of 14 minutes and 13 minutes and nine seconds, respectively, putting them in seventh and sixth place out of seven. Yeah, not not good. Uh, 
Well, and um, I think one of the important parts is uh, Crystal getting that second place finish and being fairly close. I think play is a factor in, uh, you know, having the two immunities from prior and nearly keeping this one as a third is definitely playing a factor in where people are look we're looking through this round. Yeah, absolutely. Second, second place in the uh, animal hunt as well, or animal rescues. So I mean, if you if you just stack up all those uh, all those together, it's a uh, it's a it's a didn't do a lot to lower her threat profile at all. Yeah, and I think she had continuously been a threat since the beginning of the merge. So, like, the fact that she has proven to be such a strong challenge threat, it just adds on to that threat level that you guys were talking about. For me, the most endearing part of this challenge was how much fun Flair had. And, um, and I've been really enjoying watching Flair really embrace the challenges in this org. Um, going back to the, the, uh, ship battle, she had a blast with that. Um, she had fun with this. She did so well in the holding, you know, in the holding your breath counting challenge. Um, and she's been doing well in challenges. Um, and, uh, and I don't know if people are really picking up on that, that she is placing pretty high. You know, and uh, and could be a threat if uh, if uh, if given the opportunity to kind of sneak her way with a, an immunity run if the right people are left. Yeah, um. I feel like Flair has just been really fun to watch in general. I mean, part of part of it is like her one word confessionals are like a little bit annoying just because it takes a lot a little longer to read. But she had a cooking show earlier where she floundered at making minute rise you know she's she's just been a really fun player to watch all seasons she's definitely one of my favorites i would say the other thing also was uh rdt going in you know he, he was like responding like oh whoops or like responding to messages saying different things and that i mean that could have cost him those valuable seconds but it didn't. Yeah. He ended up winning by 30 seconds. So think what he would have done if without those uh, extra little bit of a extra little bit yeah, of a, extraneous messages. Yeah, I think either way, he put up a hell of a performance and definitely, definitely deserved this immunity. And just at the right time. Exactly. Because it felt like Crystal was going to start looking at him as a uh, as a viable target. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't think she would be alone in that. I think, because Dano, I believe, also knows about his advantage, if I'm not mistaken. So pe- people know that RDT has been doing command hunting, and I think actually going forward, this could raise his threat level because there's a chance that people see if this is a a challenge that's heavy in command hunting and you see someone who's really good at command hunting winning this challenge, that could be a possible indicator of, hey, this person could have an advantage. This person could have an immunity idol. So it remains to be seen how people are going to interpret this challenge win, but you know that's always something that you could consider. I'm thinking between all of us, we must have tested every challenge um, in the in the dig lounge 
Um, and I think this past challenge was the last one I remember that we hadn't tested. I mean, that we had tested that we hadn't seen. So I think everything from here on out is going to be new, not only to um, the players, but also new to all the viewers. So it should be fun to see what kind of challenges production has left in their, uh, in their arsenal. Yeah. And only three immunities left. And I'm assuming uh, we have the um motion final four challenge or whatever <coughs> mechanism they have it cooked up this year or this season. Um, we haven't really seen the one that we haven't seen an auction. I kind of am doubting that we will. Uh, but the I one think, I think it'll we, come this round because last season it came at final six. So I think if we're gonna get an auction type challenge, this is the round that we're gonna see it. I well, you usually get the one around this time that involves command hunts from or around the season. Uh, that's similar to the fighting the dragon from last time, or from Dark Forest. Um, and last season, the one that was the auction climbing the mountain. That was yeah, and, and you're right. That was the that was the wall climbing last season but the trick with the wall climbing was that you got the tools the equipment from the auction so i think i think i think both of you are right i think we're going to see an auction and i think we're going to see something like the rock wall climb from last season oh and that does leave one more and um yeah unless i'm blanking on something uh it's gonna be something that none of us have seen I'm excited for it. Yeah, I feel like production is always able to cook up something really interesting, especially as like a late season immunity challenge. It's going to be fun to watch. Absolutely. Um, so uh, we can get into a pass after the challenge because no one, as has been the theme for this group, has really come up with much of any plans before the immunity challenge um and then even after the immunity challenge in this time they struggle with that pretty much as well and it really took a while for anything of much at all to get going there was rumblings of it the, the morning before this morning um leading into tribal um people kind of starting to get a few little conversations going and people hinting at well i've got an idea hit me up when you get a chance and we can talk about it um, so it, it, it seemed like people like Dano, RDT, had an idea that might be off the off script. So there, there seemed to be a promise of a potentially exciting tribal council. But again, like you said, everybody waited until mid-afternoon to actually start talking. Yeah. And I think part of the issue with that is that, like we've been saying, this is a really tight-knit group of seven and so it's really hard for people to throw a name out early on in the game because, or early on in the round, because there's always a chance that that could end up biting you in the ass later on because you could tell the wrong person and then they tell the target and then all of a sudden the target's back on you. Yeah. Yeah, and I think with this group, um, especially the way the last couple of votes before this had gone and the way this one played out before the vote, you're seeing everyone is so connected we don't have those clear-cut alliances that basically we aren't gonna it's not possible really to see a blind side because if you throw out a name it's going to get back to that person because you can't i don't think you, like, there's a majority that you can form on anyone that doesn't involve someone who at least has 
a connection to at least half the people in the cast. <coughs> yeah, they've been. Um... Has this been a what would you call this? Like, has this been voting blocks? Because nobody other than maybe Sully and Crystal could really be defined as a uh, as a tight alliance. Um, it's been weird to see how this, these votes kind of build up over the course of a day. I've, I've been seeing it almost more as like consensus voting, where, because with voting blocks, that in my mind evokes like fluid alliances where people aren't necessarily like voting with alliance lines, but they're not like all ganging up on one person. Whereas these past couple of rounds, I know at least this round and the round before, we're both unanimous votes. So I think it's a lot more people coming to a consensus of who the big threats are and who the, who they want out of the game. I think that's what we're seeing. Yeah, you don't you don't often see unanimous votes this late into post-merge activities. So that's uh, that's been interesting to see happen. Yeah, and that's sort of a modern survivor thing. Um uh, and part of that is also, you know, everyone is trying to play under the radar so they don't become such a big threat. And that leads to somewhat stagnancy uh, sometimes. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's sort of each round, everyone's going, okay, well, who's the biggest threat we have to take out? And they're taking out that person. Um, and I wouldn't really be surprised if that's kind of how it continues through the next few votes. Um, but that could be a thing. Um and I'm also kind of wondering, like, is, you know, isn't no one really seems to be in that strategy looking ahead. You know, if you have, if you're Crystal, you know, maybe before this, you would have said, well, Deadly's a threat to people. He has a lot of power, but maybe that's good for me if I can hide. So I'm not standing out as the biggest threat. Um, I almost look at, you know, RDT now as the one who sort of is starting to stick out as a potentially big threat that may have wanted to keep Crystal a little bit longer so that he doesn't have that target on himself. If RDT has any sense about him and, um, and he's shown himself to be fairly paranoid and pessimistic about his chances going into every tribal. Um, if I were him, regardless of what yet anybody tells me going into final six, um, I would go into that tribal and assuming it hasn't expired, um, and then it expires most likely at final six, if it hasn't already, um, I would listen to what everybody had to say at this F6 tribal council. And then when Ryan says, all right, unless, uh, unless uh, anybody else has anything, it's time to vote. I would basically let tribal go for 40 minutes. And then when right before the vote, if I were RDT, I would stand up and go, all right, well, I got this and I'm leaving. Y'all have fun. Because I, if I agree a hundred percent because if we're thinking that going forward, it's going to be threat, it's going to be people just uniting against the big threat, then the question really comes down to who's going to be able to play under the radar the best. And I think if you're RDT, you have to start thinking of who other people are going to think of as threats. And if that comes back to you, I would split. Absolutely. Yeah. Because then not only would you be ensuring your own safety, 
it would be destabilizing the entire dynamic because even if there was a vote against you and even if there wasn't a vote that was against you it would it would completely change everyone's plans going into travel council so i mean and and right before the vote that's the thing you've just gone through 40 minutes where you think you know what you're doing and if he and if you're the plan and you just go bye-bye then what let him scramble yeah um and and at this point he's got to know his threat level has been rising because crystal has been telling everybody that he's had an idol mm-hmm. so he should be fully aware that he's on everybody's radar uh and on that note um this is kind of around where having an idol in the game would really shake things up i mean I, I don't see a vote happening where the person isn't aware that they're a target. I mean, it was very obvious with Crystal. And if she, you know, had just searched a little bit differently, figured out the right place to do the Lola Savage command we think is next, then likely leads to some advantage. I think that's more likely than not the idle cascade. Yeah. Um, I mean, this could be all of a sudden very differently the way that this tribal shakes out. Uh, We'll see if anyone's able to stumble into something. Um, and I'm kind of hoping they do, given with this shape of the game right now. It's a way to shake things up. Yeah, um, I think the next closest person, aside from what I've been seeing, has been Dano. Yeah. So I would love to see him stumble into something, and I would love to be able to see him, you know, be able to pull out a big move late in this game. Because the other thing is, with unanimous votes and with people going after threats no one's really going to have a resume once they get to final tribal no one's really going to be able to turn to the jury and say this is what i did throughout the game this is how i played the game this is the moves that i made to get myself in this position today i don't know if people are gonna be able to do that well someone's gonna you know at the in the end they gotta vote for somebody they're gonna vote for someone but It's just going to be a lot harder for them to make that decision. Yeah, they may not. They may not like it, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> also, another aspect uh, that sort of played out over the afternoon as everyone scrambled in the last basically hour before tribal, having not any concrete plans before that was Sully. I don't even remember who first brought it up or who he said it to, but very willing openly to vote against crystal after they had been such a tight pair the whole game um, and i think in that it, it just threw people off that you know it just felt like a trap when someone who's very clearly so close is throwing out their name um, and especially it being crystal who if there's someone in the game who has an idol and i'm almost surprised that conversation didn't happen more um you know it would likely be crystal mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it became a, um, especially once Sully found out his name was getting thrown around, at that point, it became an anyone but me thing. He embraced his inner Sandra and just threw his closest uh, his closest ally under the bus and never looked back. Good yeah, for him. He, was, he was fully in defense mode at that point. And honestly, like, you got to do what you got to do to make it to the end. And if that means taking out your closest ally to get further closer to travel to final tribal, then, you know, that's the necessary sacrifice you have to make. And so I think it, I think it was really mature of him to realize that if he and crystal made it to the end of the game, 
Crystal was probably going to beat him handily. Yeah. So I, I think while it's a hard move to eliminate such a close ally, I think it's a necessary move. And I think I, I, I commend him for it. Yeah. I mean, it, it gets him at the very least, it gets him to the next immunity challenge, mm-hmm. which could get him to final five, which, you know, and, and you know, so uh, it's, uh, and it's not like they were, bosom buddies or anything like that and had made some sort of deep soul connection or anything like that so uh it's a it's a it's a tough it's a tough choice to make uh in a game like this um having been in a having been in a situation similar though definitely yeah definitely wasn't a hirsch cat situation no no it was uh i mean but um yeah i get why he did it absolutely Uh, yeah, but um, sort of in that process, I think it just confused people how willing he seemed to be. And I think Moss especially got spooked by that and very nearly flipped the entire thing to be a majority on Mason. Um, at one point, I think Dano, Moss, RDT, and Crystal were all planning to vote Mason. And then it flipped back with about 90 seconds before Tribal. Um, and I mean, that was something I thought would have been fascinating if Sully was one of the people who voted against Crystal and she wasn't out of the game at that point, where do things go from there? Um, I'm almost a little disappointed really we didn't get to see that. Yeah, that would have been fun. That, that, that would have opened up a whole other can of worms and I would have loved to have seen the fallout from that. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, Crystal can't say too much because she was actually kind of throwing his Sully's name out earlier too. So he doesn't necessarily know that, but uh, yeah. Um, yeah, and Sully's, so Sully's name was, I think everyone's name was out there at some point, um, except for Moss. Yep. I think everyone else sort yeah. of had a, some momentum at some point. Uh, I'm not sure RDT, well, oh, he had immunity. Uh, I am not making that mistake. Uh, so pretty much besides Moss, you know, everyone at some point was being highly considered by a pretty good group of people. Yeah. Especially with me, anyone but me. Yeah. And as I was saying earlier about the question of being who's going to be able to play under the radar the best, I'm, I'm really looking at Moss in these next couple of votes, and I'm really, just really watching to see where she lies and what she ends up doing. Because I think if she's able to slip through and if she's not, on the big threat radar, she could very easily win this game. Oh yeah, oh yeah, very much so. I'm just. Yeah. Uh, I think she's got to be with the right people, but I think she mm-hmm. knows who. The, she knows exactly who those people are. Though she may be underestimating um, Flair's likability. If she, yeah. if she's, you know, so. When you start getting down into the crunch time of the late merge and the end game, you really have to start thinking about, you know, the jury's perception of different players. And so in my mind, if I'm Moss, I'm going to start looking at people like Flair and people like Mason who may not have been on the right side of the numbers for a good portion of the merge. But on the other side of that, you have to think, they're close with all the members on the jury. They like Mason and Flair were both really close with CeCe. They were really close with Deadly. 
You know, Flair was pretty close with Zach before he was voted out. Crystal loves Flair and Mason. And so you really have to start thinking about jury management and not only how well you've been managing the jury, but how well other people have been managing the jury. Yeah. They haven't really done anything to piss anybody off. Well, based on his exit interview, Zach seems to think that Sully is the complete mastermind of the entire game. Um, we'll see how receptive, you know, it's hard to know how receptive anyone else on the jury might be to that line of thinking or to Zach in general. Um, and I could also see things backfiring when he tries to make a case a certain way. Yeah, when, when somebody, I think you said it yourself, Ari, when someone is polarizing as Zach really starts banging the drum for somebody else, um, and if they do it in, in, a, in a grating enough manner, uh, then that could turn the jury off against that player for whom he is banging the drum. Mm. Uh, well, so let's talk about Tribal itself, where uh, we saw one player, and that being Flair, answer, go out of the way almost to answer every question and everyone else sitting back, uh, you know, wanting to stay quiet. How do we think that could impact jury perceptions, the game in general, or her target level? <coughs> Does that, is that something that matters? I think from what I, from what I've seen, I think people are going to like, I think the jury isn't going to notice that and they're going to notice that she's, you know, actually being active in tribal and talking in front of the jury, I think people, I think they're going to notice that and they're going to be receptive to it. But the question is, I don't know how much the people in the game are going to take heed to that. And I don't know how much the people are going to notice that. Like when it comes down to, you know, final three situations and making arrangements for final travel council. I, I think the person who was most likely to have noticed that Flair was doing a lot of jury management at that tribal council or that nautical council is the person who gets voted out. Uh, and, and that being crystal um, going out and in the end, unanimously, it looked for a while, like there might be some different things going on. Um, ultimately uh, a six to one vote. So it's two straight rounds in a unanimous vote, which is an interesting thing to see at this point in the game. Very much so. But uh, but like we've said, it's this is a, this this is proven to be a group that doesn't want to do anything to stand out. So they're going to have to sooner or later. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you know, as as much as voting Crystal out was definitely the right move at this point in the game, and as much as like you know that that's exactly what should have happened. I'm still kind of sad to see her go because I love watching her play both here and in Red Pandorg. I loved watching her play, especially her being a new player and me being a little bit removed from being a new player, but not super far removed where I'm able to look back and I, it's, it makes it really easy to relate to her as someone who's relatively new to the org community because you're able to see She's figuring it out as she goes, but she's also still doing a great job. And so I think Crystal is someone that I 
really enjoyed watching play. I'd love to see her play again, possibly at some point. And, you know, that would be, that would just be really fun to watch. And I, 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 th- I think I said way back in the beginning that um, in some of her earlier, co- very first conversations that the, um, the manager in her was kind of showing, showing out a little bit. Um, and I think that that kind of played out through the, the course of the season. Um, and she had occasionally had took problems with, with tone um, and with bluntness and, and how she said things. And she wasn't very magnanimous or, uh, um, and perhaps maybe a little too matter of fact at times, but that's all stuff that can be adjusted as the more you play. Um, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if Crystal, you know, wins like her, her fourth or, you know, somewhere down the road, you know, um, and, and does quite well moving forward. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if she won a game at some point. And I'm really pulling for her. I really hope she does. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, even if she didn't play a perfect game here, uh, I think watching her, her, her as a person, um, it was, it was skimming through a bit of her confessional after, right after it opened up. Um, it seems like a wonderful person in general. Um, and it just really enjoy watching her and her activity in every aspect of the game is kind of exactly what you want from someone when they get cast. Yeah. Yeah. She was, she was a, she was a, a, a good member or a good, good addition to this cast. So yeah. Kudos Crystal. If you ever hear this, uh, you, uh, you did a great job. Yeah. And I think in addition, she's going to be just a joyful addition to the Alliance family moving forward. I, I imagine that she's going to be, fairly active in the lounge going forward at least i really hope she is because i would love to be able to hang out with her and you know do do movie trivia with her and do all that kind of fun stuff and so yeah yeah we, we love chris yeah absolutely uh, also looking forward from there uh how do we see you know we're down to six um enough that I can rattle off the names in a very reasonable amount of time. So it's Dano, Flair, Mason, Moss, RDT, and Sully as our final six competitors. All, you know, all interesting personalities would be very interesting winners. Uh, And where do we see things going next? I I don't know. Like we said, there doesn't seem to be any clear lines i mean everything is very blurry right now and i think uh people are i i don't know i mean i i don't even necessarily think it's going to come down to who wins immunity um that you know that might affect a target but i don't think it necessarily does so uh i i have no idea i've, I've got I, if you ask me to pick a winner right now i'm not entirely sure i could do it i i would feel one sixth confident I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make my prediction from Final Six, which is the same prediction that I made from Final Sixteen. I think Moss is winning this game. I, I will fully put my, put my cards, put my chips on Moss's square. I think, like, like I've been saying, the question isn't going to be who's going to do the big moves. The question is going to be who's going to be the best at keeping themselves out of the discussion of being a threat to win while also still being a threat to win. And I think 
like Ari said, Moss was the only name that didn't come up this round. That isn't a coincidence. That isn't a fluke. I think that she positioned herself in a way in this game where that, where she, that, that is intentional. And I think that she is an incredibly smart player. I think that she is an incredibly savvy player from what I've seen. And I think that if anyone from this six has a clear shot of winning this game, I think it's Moss. That's fair. And Bueller agrees with you. It seems Bueller agrees with me. <laughs> um, well, uh, yeah, I mean, so one mechanism or consequence of this vote that I could kind of see playing out um, is I, I kind of feel like, you know, you've seen how well Crystal has done in so many of the challenges and her second place finishes. I almost think that now with on that leaves open a scenario where RDT just sweeps the next three challenges and gets to the end with a pretty strong case, uh, maybe even sweeping a vote. That you know, I'm not sure if anyone else left in the game. It obviously depends on what challenges we see and how things go and anything can happen. But in sort of a general capacity, he's kind of shown himself to be just that much better, I think, than any of the other five who are left. If anything is command-oriented, he's in good shape, um, mm -hmm. challenge-wise. So, uh, and like we said, this this tends to be a part of the season where stuff comes up that's command-oriented. Um, and he's got that, he might still have that uh, safety with that power in his back pocket. So, uh, I could see RDT getting to Final Four without any problem. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think, you know, since we haven't really seen anyone else making a big wave when it comes to challenge ability, I think that's entirely possible. My concern is if he, if he immunities his way to the end, is that going to be enough to win the game? Because I'm assuming, like, in that case that he does – People go after the next biggest threats, which in my mind, it would be someone like Sully. It would be someone like Mason. It'd be someone like Dano. Yeah. And will I'm, I'm concerned if an immunity run will be enough to win the game because we've seen that in real life Survivor. We've seen like a perfect example of that would be someone like Ozzy. He won all but one post-merge immunity in Cook Islands, he cleaned house in immunity challenges. That still wasn't enough to win in the game at the end. So I think it'll definitely be impressive. I think it could put RDT in the conversation of the best challenge threats in Alliance. I don't know if it'll be enough to win in the game. Would... Well, is there a Yule in this game? I think if RDT gets to final three on the, on the, on the heels of a challenge run, his biggest selling point beyond that challenge run would be um, that he masterminded the deadly vote. He would have to take full and complete ownership of that deadly vote, which really kind of tilted the game because um, they were deadly was one step away from just being able to make a huge run. Um, so he would have to take, take command of that along with the challenge performances, he might be able to, uh, to, to pull, uh, pull out a victory. Yeah, I think it's entirely possible that he's able to do it. 
the question becomes if he can pull it off. We're able to get there and take challenge, take control of the ownership of the deadly thing. Um, he's got a shot. Um, yeah, I mean, that was about everything I have for this episode. Is there anything else that anyone wanted to go over or mention? No, I, I think I think this end game is really going to be interesting. I think, you know, I, I really I hope people are really going to start thinking about what the jury thinks and what the jury is going to be looking for. And I'm really excited to see how this game wraps up. Final nautical council is in nine days. Woof. A week from this Friday with three eliminations, four, no, three more eliminations and, you know, a whole lot of, you know, that's a lot is going to be going down over the next nine days. So uh, um, buckle up because it's going to be fun. It's simultaneously not a lot of game left and still a hell of a lot of game left. Exactly. Uh, Well, I think that just about does, unless there's anything else we needed to mention. Um, I'm good. I'm all set. Oh, thanks so much, Goose, for coming and hanging out with us and appreciate seeing you around and we'll continue to do so. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'll be back anytime you want me back. It was as a pleasure. As long as I'm Goose. not at work. It was, it was really fun joining you guys. Thanks for having me. It was it was awesome. Thanks, Betty. Uh, and Hirsch, thanks so much, as always, for hanging out here. Thank you for having me, sir. Uh, And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. We will be back sometime soon. And there's a few more episodes for this season before we get to the end. So enjoy. Peace. Teammates don't think that you're a threat. Even though you ain't been booted yet. If you don't find an idol soon, you're going home, you crazy loon. Yakety-yak, don't talk that. Just keep chatting on the ship, talking smack and flapping lip. Your teammates want you out of sight, and Polly's talking overnight. Yakety-yak, don't talk that. You can't vote for Crystal C. She has got immunity. Too bad your sailboat sank. Now you'll probably walk the plank. Yakety-yak, don't talk that. Have a brand new tail. Were you swallowed by a whale? Whether 12 or 42, our dragon's got a plan for you. Yakety yak, don't talk, Zach. Yakety-